Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast, Tuesday, the Tuesday. 18th of May. Chatted to a very interesting fella who thinks he's Prince Charles and Camilla's love child. Do you believe him? I don't not believe him. It's, inter- mm. like, it's interesting <laughs> facts. I feel like if... I mean, he's been told it, and I think it would be a very cruel story um, from his grandparents if there is no mm. truth to it. Yeah. Um, I think he's obviously done his research. Like, his timelines are correct and the similarities. I think, though, with a story like this, whether it's true or not, mm. if if it went through all the courts, went through all the systems and the DNA and everything got done and it said that he wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, he I believe, believe he would, wouldn't believe it still and thought right. it was a cover-up. Mm. Um, but speaking to him, he truly believes it. And there is some, some aspects of the story which make it sound absolutely plausible, but then there's some aspects that you go, mm. Mm. so it would be a tough, tough situation. Um, he lives in Brisbane. Too. Yeah, for, for them not to reach out, but I guess what you're saying, like Charles and Camilla, do you know what I mean? If there was truth to it. Because Mm-mm. were they... Did they break up so he could get with Diana, Prince Charles, or had Camilla and Charles already separated? I think they were separated. Because um, she married quite... someone else, didn't mm. she, Camilla? Yeah, because they were quite young at that stage. Um, but yeah, it would prove that they had canoodlings beforehand. Yeah, but he... why was it that they weren't together? Wasn't it Philip, queen... who, Philip or something who didn't agree with the relationship or something? Well, they didn't agree with Diana either. Oh, see, I thought they Diana... wanted Diana. No, Diana was a commoner. Right, okay. Mm, which was very not the thing to do. Mm, hence why there's issues with... Still Megan. had royal connections, mm, though. Mm. So does William's missus... She's not royal? No. It's but, times but, have a change. But they like her. Mm. <clears throat> Kate. Kate, yeah. Do you think because she's more in line than Megan? Like she follows mm. the... Yeah, probably. It's not as... They, they, they liberaled up a bit. I mean, even getting... They weren't allowed to get divorced back in the day. Well, here's one story yeah. for you. When a 21-year-old Prince Charles met Camilla at a polo match in the early 1970s. Mm. So that's... They're saying that they didn't meet until he was 21. And right. S- Simon's story says that he was 17. Mm. But I mean, that's... Who knows? You can understand at that age of royal pregnancy would be shushed up. Oh, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. She was involved in a relationship with Andrew Parker Bowles. Mm-hmm. So she was, she was with someone. Right. Right. Mm. Well, that's then, very interesting. Because they also, there was the rumours as well about that when Charles and Diana were married, he was still sneaking off mm. to Camilla. Like Camilla was mm. always sort of on the, on the boiler during that. That uh, marriage. Mm. So, who knows? There's only two people who know the truth. Mm. Am I one of them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wasn't ready for anything serious and oh, he was about to us. be <laughs> deployed to the Navy for eight months. Right. And uh. wasn't considered a considerable match for her, uh, for him, because he, he was in a relationship. He was in a relationship. Hmm. Mm. I guess that sort of goes on really in most families. Like Mm -hmm. you you bring a person home to your family and then they give you a vibe on whether they like them or not. And it does sway a lot of people as to whether or not that relationship's going to work. The difference just is with the royal family, they just say, I don't like them. Mm. Whereas your parents will just 
treat you like shit until <laughs> <laughs> you get the get the hint. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, that, that, they kind of did that to Diana, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, like it happens everywhere. It's mm. just they're more they're probably more vocal about it to your face in mm. that family. Mm. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll speak to that man about him being the love child of Charles and Camilla. We also uh, speak to someone on the ground who was on the border of the Gaza Strip mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. She gives us a, a bit of an update as to what's going on over there. Uh, there's a whole lot in today's show. She's pretty wild. Let's get stuck into it. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. You guys both had examples recently of um, your kids when you're half proud, half ashamed of them. Or half proud, half annoyed at them. Yours, Maddie, was when um, Xander said to you... Uh, he said, Dad, have I told you how much I love you lately? And I thought it was a beautiful moment and I nearly cried. And I said, oh, thanks, buddy. He said, no, I just wanted to double check that I hadn't. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. It's still good. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Mine's just from 3 p.m. until bedtime. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, Finny gave you a time out. Yeah, he did. He did just say he could have iPad time. But that guy, he's a manipulative little boy. Where does he get that from? I know, from his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have one too, because uh, my daughter, she's lovely. And um, she, I don't know, does um, Finny watch Brightside? Yes. Remember, he got um, Rory into it. Well, there you go. Yeah, he's telling yeah. Rory about it's it. So a, it's like a YouTube TV show. It's a YouTube thing, but it's like interest. It's not bad. It's like interesting <sighs> facts. Sometimes and... I find the facts are not right, so you be careful about that, okay? Oh. Um, but it's it's more like a YouTube, and it's an American guy who will... Um... His voice is nice. I like you know, you just... Oh, a bit of a crush there. <laughs> but it's what Finney plays when he's not... Like, he watch that when he's not allowed to do iTunes, uh, watch TV, because he goes, it's educational. It's educational. Right, okay. Mm. Yeah. So it's like, you know, facts about like so maybe the Titanic or, you know. Yeah. Sure. The yeah, only right. time I've ever noticed that it's not real is sometimes he tries to tell facts about Australia and you're like, nah, mate. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you see those other ones where it's like um, it's like a, a quiz and you've got to answer the questions. like, which one of these three is the killer? And sometimes it's like, well, it was raining outside and he's wet, so it's got to be that one. But then sometimes it's like there is no possible way you could ever have got the answer because like, he was actually a vampire. You're, like, you're going to... Yeah. You're going- uh, Oh, you go, right. hey, you want to escape and you have to go into three rooms. One of them is a lion that hasn't eaten for two yeah. months. One of them is a killer shark. Yeah. And the other one, you'll get electrocuted. Which one do you choose? Right. Yeah. And which one do you choose? Uh, the shark? Well, no, because the, ty- the lion hasn't eaten for two months, so it would be dead. See? Oh, yeah, See? right, okay. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, well, it depends. Did it have water? Because you, you can last without food. You can't last without water. Not for two months. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? You yeah. start going, you know, Stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> and then you, you're, they, they've gone. The kids are gone. And you're there going, nah, come on. It's door number two. Come on. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, but she was watching one about, uh, I think it was a famous scientist or something. And he actually, Matty, you'll actually appreciate this. He um, actually married his cousin. Sweet. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and um, blah, 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 discovered stuff, did, did all that, that, that. That was fine. But um, she came out, she was chatting about it, and she was like, um, do people marry their cousins? And I said, well, yeah, you can. It's not illegal. Um, and then she said, um, what about um, your brother or your sister? Um, and can you marry your brother or your sister? And I was like, no, you, you actually can't. Um, she's like, why? And he had to explain that, you know, when they, if you were to have children because you're so genetically close together, it's not good, rah, rah, rah. And she went, well, why would you marry your brother or your sister anyway? I said, well, you know, if you've got a got a hot brother or a hot sister, you, you might be, did you know, not. <laughs> just joking around. Yeah. Um, and, she <laughs> went, and she went, well, who's got a hot brother or a hot sister? And I said, well, let's be honest, your auntie Sharon's got a hot brother. And she looked at me and went, <laughs> Dad, 
I didn't know you had a brother. Hey, <laughs> nice bird. Nice bird. Okay, well played. Yeah, yeah I'll take that. <laughs> uh, so she's grounded. There you go. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Dear Abby. Sometimes in life, sh- gets real. And that's when you need Abby to help. I'm trying to help you. If you've got an issue, you can share it and get advice at dearabby at b105.com.au. I got like just a headline from a a girl that emailed and we've been back and forward about this conversation. I thought you might have more advice on it, Maddie, because she was saying about how she's also got three boys like me and two of them are in their teenage years and we're joking about, oh, God, won't it be less stressful than what it is having three girls? Ha, ha, ha. And that's always what people with three girls say. It's less stressful having three boys. Just little fun jokes. And she was saying that her issue, though, is with the mobile phones and the fact that her kids have to go into the bedroom more to do homework because they're Mm -hmm. watching lectures, so they need to have the privacy rather than all doing their homework in one line, I guess, in the kitchen table like they used to. Mm. Can't have three laptops all playing at the same time. It's a bit too much. And, you know, the eldest two do have mobile phones. But she said that she was driving back from a swimming class with one of the kids and another of her sons looked on the screen and went, oh, my God, what's that? The other one pulled away her phone. It was a bit of an issue in the car. Mm -hmm. When the kids jumped out of the car, she grabbed the phone and said, no, I'm going to have a look at it. And she looked at it and there was a a nude photo. Mm Mm-hmm that a girl had sent. Mm. Now I was like, okay, what happened? And she said that she deleted it. She's had a serious conversation with her son. She said from all the the messages, it wasn't requested. He hasn't responded. But now she's concerned because it's the same issue even if he hasn't or he hasn't sent anything back. Those girls are sending images and she said she's finding it more and more. Mm. When she spoke to the eldest one, he said the same. And she's like, now do I go and speak to the parents or do I speak to the school? Because what about if, I guess, one of the sons had said it verbally, send it? Yeah. She's just, she's just nervous that the son's going to be in trouble when hasn't solicited for it. But at the same time, if you received it, aren't you in trouble? Yeah. It pretty much. If you've got it on your phone. And, and you're underage. And you're, if, even if you're underage with an underage photo, it's still a crime. Mm. I, I believe. Mm. That's what I told my sons. <laughs> Everything. It's like, yeah. I bring. So. So Ethan's now 19. The, we did have moments um, through his high school. And it usually starts sort of grade 9, grade 10, um, where we found photos that he'd received and also sent. And you do have to sit down and explain to them. Does your heart just sink at that moment, though? It does. Your heart actually, it breaks a little because you know into adult world. the innocent yeah. the innocent child has left mm-hmm. and look that's in, in some sometimes that's a beautiful moment in itself but at the same time like you go oh my my beautiful little boy mm. he's gone mm. and now i've got a man that i'm have to try and build here which is tough but because then you have to go through all those conversations which are the legalities of it mm-hmm. consent mm-hmm. um not like if he's got a photo not showing that to other people. Yeah. Like, there's so many It's a minefield. Layers. So then in this instant, what I think is hard is it, she's obviously now aware that he's receiving photos, but she yeah. goes, I, are the parents aware that their child is sending photos? Mm. And she goes, and I wish that they were. And she said, now I'm monitoring phones. Does she make it aware to other parents that they need to, or are you playing that parenting game of I'm doing better than you? Yeah. 
See, I, I mean, 131060 for parents who want to give their opinion on this. All I can say from us is when Ethan received photos, we didn't go to the girl's yeah, that, parents. Yeah. But we did tell Ethan to say to her that if another one comes through, that we would. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we got the, We also got the story that the girl's family situation wasn't great and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But it, what uh, what do you do? Because also, too, you've got that trust factor mm. where, like, if you get asked to by them, you say, all right, well, I won't go to the parents if you do this. Yeah. Mm. Well, she was saying one. about changing phones because I said I said that you once changed it so he sort of had a brick phone so he wasn't able to do that. Oh, he had the goes, worst phone in the world. And then she said, then I'm always you know told that they're going to be falling behind in stuff and not keep up to date. And she goes, and at the same time I go, oh, that's stupid that I do that, but I don't want them to be left out. Mm. Well, we had that. You know, she said when all these friends are talking on, like, Snapchat, yeah. and that's the only way they communicate, she's like, yeah. then I feel like I'm excluding him from everything. Mm. Well, that is true as well, because when we put him on a little brick phone that could only text and call, mm. his basketball team yeah. communicated <laughs> through a messenger group, so we missed games and things mm. because he wasn't on that, and it becomes a nightmare. Judy and Morayfield, what do you think? You've got two teenage daughters? Yeah, so it generally started in grade seven with a few of the girls sending the photos out to the boys. But the way I've looked at it is, I've got, with the two girls, you can only really control your own girls and mm. just making sure that they're aware that it goes to group chats. So you may send this to one boy, but it's going to go to others. Mm. Yeah, and that's the biggest concern, really, isn't it? That it gets passed around, mm. where it ends up to. Yeah. Mm. Still, the underage. But yeah, like you said earlier, um, it is child pornography and that's mm. kind of the route I went down as well if yeah. you want to get done for that. Yeah, make it clear to them. What about phone usage then? Did you just say did you ever check them or did you I, no, limit? I didn't check them because me and the girls tend to have a good open relationship so they tell me everything anyway. Mm. Sometimes more than I need to know but <laughs> yeah, well, you'd rather you pay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Year 7, that sounds young to me doesn't it? So oh, it young. young. Yeah. Heather, what's um, Hey, as a parent what's your view on it? Um, I think it's definitely they should go and talk to the parents about it because, like, yeah, it's, it is child pornography. Back when I was in school, we had an incident happen where one of my friends sent something and then it got passed around and we had the police come in and basically inform us that those kids are up can be up for charges of making and mm. distributing child pornography and then just the, all the other risks that are involved with those girls. They're, you know, mm. they're young adults and they are, you know, mature most of the time, but you just never really know and they can't quite, you know, apprehend what's going to happen with those photos and where they're going to go once they're gone, basically. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, but Ethan might have been too older for it then, but um, my son started doing, uh, like, online safety now in year four. Mm. They've got to do courses on it. Yeah. So they've got people come into the school to talk about he stuff. And I know, though young. it doesn't go, I guess, this specific, mm. it does talk about sharing photos online and where it can go. In high school, they did start to talk to them about that sort of stuff mm. because obviously it was, you know, everyone had an iPhone in that. Do you think it's too late though? I think by that stage, I think it is. The other thing I think too is you can educate them as much as you want, but mm. you've got to keep driving home the message all mm. the time because mm. you, you know what it's like, even as an adult, you know the rules and you look to bend them whenever mm. you can, like kids, mm. their hormones get away on them. Yep. Uh, hi, Joanne. Hi. Um... Look, my son, he happens to go to a particular school, which, yeah. Anyway, um, they've now 
The thing is, he didn't have a phone, but he was being shown by a girl in his class, and he was about grade nine, mm. um, dick pics of various boys at that particular school. Oh. Um, and the thing is, uh, he told me about it, so he was up front, show, told me he'd been shown. He didn't have a phone. And the thing is, okay, that's... We had a chat that, yeah, that's unacceptable sort of behaviour. And I take it the school obviously must have found out that due to a parent or something, or maybe they even spotted that the girl had been showing this stuff around, to which now the school has in place um, yonder pouches whereby the students are not allowed to have their phones on them as soon as they walk through the school gate. They've got to be locked in the pouches and they can't have access to their phones until they come out. Mm. You remember we spoke to, so Ethan's yeah, Manny, Manny's school had brought that. that in. Yeah, he, he just yes, missed out on it. that is the school where my children yeah. go. Oh, to right. be fair, I mean, that doesn't, all that does is pause the problem. It's not well, like it they're sending these they photos. Home. Yeah, they're, they're not sending them at school, you know. They're no. not taking them at school. But it is a fantastic step into oh. something. Mm. You, you know what I mean? They're doing something. Oh. Mm. Um, I, I I think from speaking to everyone here, the main the main thing is um, having a chat. Well, I think having a chat to your child, and regardless informing. of whether you've you've found them on their phone, yeah. Yeah. talking about Do the whole seriousness of it. Mm. Well, good luck to all the parents out there. Um, Don't feel like you've you've finished. No, that's you feel what I'm like saying. You've just got one son through. The, <laughs> I've got no, one through, and I'm going there back there go. twice yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> and one's a girl. You've you got a whole different scenario coming. I know it coming. ain't over for me. My <laughs> palms are still sweating yeah. over here, everyone. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. I want to know from any men who have partners who do this. I reckon we're going to get a full board of calls on this one. Okay. And I, I would love to know, I reckon you're probably guilty of it, Abby, and I would love to know if your lovely wife does it too, Stab. Okay. And that is you're just driving along, just, you know, casually, going 110 down the motorway. Yes, there's possible options to die everywhere. That's mm. why as the person in control of the vehicle, my eyes are open. I'm not looking at anything else except keeping my family in the vehicle safe. Mm. And Esther goes, <gasps> I'm like, Jesus, what? What, 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 what? And she'll be like, oh, my friend got engaged. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... Oh, she that's... scrolls through Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that... Girls <laughs> overuse <laughs> and inappropriately use the... <gasps> that is... The sound <gasps> <gasps> is... You're about to be in a life-threatening situation, no, mm. Mm. and mm. that is the only time at which you use it because a man mm. reacts to, <gasps> as if he goes into protection what? mode, what? What like, like I've, mm. I've got to save everyone's life. And now you've just nailed it on the head, because do you know how hard it is to get a guy's attention when you go, do you know what? Sarah and James got married. Who? Sarah and James got married. But if you go, <gasps> they got married. It's like if I was drinking this and say, so, <gasps> you guys go, what? Mm. And you go, oh, it's just a bit hot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because we get the yes. reaction and we get your attention. No, and well, sometimes no, to get a man's it. attention is can be really hard. No, but Kat does the opposite way, which is even more annoying. She doesn't do it driving, <laughs> though. She'll You've go... You've got no guys calling. <gasps> I'll go, what? And then she doesn't tell you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is it? Because she's still reading the story or whatever. So... Oh, yeah, my friend got engaged. <laughs> I see. I hear Esther. Yeah, I hear Esther do it. I'm in the like down the other end of the house. Mm. Now I don't live in a mansion, <laughs> but it's a house, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I hear from out in the kitchen, mm. <gasps> mm. like, "What? Are you okay?" 
She goes, my package came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting on the toilet yeah. and I'm, I'm about to just stand up, not clean myself, yeah. run to the kitchen and save your life from whatever possible death-defying <laughs> moments about to happen, but your bloody Joe Mercer shoes just showed up. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> even, even Sometimes even a, a little bit of a, oh, my God. Oh, yes. What? It's just a picture of puppies. Do you know what, do you know what I've heard to, though? The reason why we must do it is because of that so rewarding that you come to our uh, our aid. But it's more, if any of the girls did it in the office, I wouldn't react. The like girls if Nat goes, react if Nat goes oh, I'd wait for her to tell me. Right. I wouldn't I wouldn't be, yeah, I'd be like, she'll tell me. Yeah. That's good for men to know because we don't want to be like, oh, I'm having a heart attack because women won't even. No, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. We would die. They would, we would die. I went. <laughs> <laughs> Look us in the eyes and say we need to talk. And we go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, you just, oh, this is a public service announcement. Mm. It's not going to stop. Women, stop going. <gasps> All right? Quit the. <gasps> you don't want it in any occasion? Never. Never. <laughs> that never happens then anyway. <gasps> <laughs> oh, well, so it, it happened once. <gasps> you worked it out. You found it. <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Alpha box for $10,000 tomorrow when we're live on the 19th of May. Your answers are Archery and Adele. Your letter is A. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. G'day, it's Tradie Chat Tuesday. Yes, it's time to shine because he's moved to prime time. He's out at six o'clock, so we better not stuff it up. It's time to head to Abby's house and Scotty too hotty for Tradie Chat Tuesday. Hey, morning. How are we? We're good, mate. How are you? You got the got a special spot today. Yeah, it's prime time, sunshine. <laughs> hey, no swearing. Swear bear is turned off. I don't even swear, actually. I don't know how I don't not swear. <laughs> My normal talk is just every second word's a half or an Just treat, treat the radio as if you're sitting down to lunch with your grandmother. No, oh, no his right, grandmother right. swears no, like a his sailor. Grandma, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Swear a lot. Mm. Now, yeah. Abby doesn't know what's going on today, Scotty, so I'll lead you in here. Um, your 40th birthday is this... Weekend on Saturday Sorry. we are. Yeah, I'm going to turn you down there for a second. Uh, this Saturday we're having your party at the Treasury, giving mm-hmm. away forty thousand dollars. Yes, and the traditional thing at a fortieth is a speech. Mm-hmm. Do I have to do a speech, or you mean you guys are doing? No, speeches? people do speeches about the birthday girl. Okay. Um, are you guys aware that Scotty's never done a speech because he didn't even do one for <laughs> our wedding and I gave him two years' notice? Did you not do a speech at your wedding, Scott? No, I didn't write one, Maddie. It all comes from the heart, you see. Mm. No, 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 no. He said he left it in the hotel. Heart. Went back to the hotel. There is no script. He had two years' notice and he didn't write one. Well, he's changed his way. <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah. yeah. It, wasn't that. it wasn't two years. It was like half a year. <laughs> That's we were engaged too short. for two years, and I said you better we be doing married. a speech. No, we got married. Let's drop the hat. Remember, I proposed to you in uh, New Year's Eve. Yes, and then we got married two years later. We got married. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Hundred <laughs> percent. This is yeah, going well. We'll, go, we'll do, Yeah, we're going through the stage where I can still pull the pin off I needed to. <laughs> is this how romantic this is going to be? Because <laughs> Okay, now he has, as I was trying to say to you, yeah, he's, sorry, changed, sorry, his he's changed his ways. Mm. Okay. We said, can you please write a speech? So you forced him to write one. So he's written a speech. Can I yep. ask when he wrote this? Scotty, when did you write it? Uh, well, look, Was it got, last night? Sure. 
No, short notice. Because <laughs> last night he was stressed. Short. No, no, I didn't write last night because right. I did it yesterday afternoon. So okay. there you go. All right. All right, it was recorded I yesterday did it, afternoon. I did it over the weekend, so anyway, go on. Mm. All right, here we go. So stay there, Scotty. Oh, no. Imagine mm. this, because um, we wanted to get this on air because we can't broadcast the whole party on the night because mm. God knows what's going to happen. Yeah, so imagine we're there at the Treasury mm. waiting for the Veronicas to come on stage, and there's Scotty. He takes to the stage to <laughs> tell a beautiful speech and stories about his wonderful wife turning 40. All right, action, all right. Okay, here we are. Um, Abby's 40th. Happy birthday first and foremost. Um to my wonderful, beautiful girl. She's uh, now 40. She's always said she, um, I don't know, been regretting these days for a long time. She's always been pretending that she's never 40. I've heard on the radio a lot of times. But anyway, uh, I'm going to get into it because it's probably radio, so let's you know try and get on with it. So what I've done here is I've got pros and cons. I've got um, words that describe my lovely, beautiful girl. Um, so A to Z, there's pros and cons, adjectives to describe her. So take, don't take these too hard, baby. The pros are good the cons are not so good anyway let's go i'll run through them so let's say admirable annoying beautiful bossy compassionate crazy dynamic destructively dangerous enthusiastic evil she is flamboyant but also a firecracker generous germy hard-working hypocrite Interesting, impossible, joyous, juvenile, kind, killer, loving, lippy, modest, moody, nurturing, naughty, organised, obnoxious, passionate, powerful, quick-witted, questionable, reliable, realistic, superwoman, stubborn, thoughtful, tearjerker, unbelievable, unhinged, versatile, vindictive, wonderful, uh, let's go with wicked, uh, yummy, I think I might have left that one there, anyway, I don't even know, yelling, and then we got zealous and zany, I left out the X because that was too hard, so uh, anyway, there you go, there's a few words to describe my beautiful girl, look, uh, happy birthday, the boys and me are so proud of you, what everything you've done for us. Um, we know you're very hard working. So I hope you enjoy your 40th. And, yeah, I'll just keep it into that, I suppose. You're amazing. Keep up the good hard work. Couldn't be more proud of you. All right, beautiful. Happy 40th. Wow. <laughs> Someone's got a thesaurus, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful you didn't do a wedding speech. Um, that's amazing. Thank you for half of it. Half of it? Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> Thanks, baby. Good on you, buddy. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. The conflict between Israel and Palestine has raged on for generations. The fighting we see in 2021 is over the same issues and hatred born of 100 years of struggle. It's been in the news quite a lot, and there's so many different sides to it. Um, and we're talking about the conflict on the Gaza Strip. And we have someone there on the ground at the moment for I24 News. Her name is Sarah Coates. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, I think we're doing better than you at the moment, Sarah. Um, <laughs> there, there has been so many people that I guess have 
even posted on social media their alliance and it is such a, a difficult and complex one. I guess for anyone that's tuning in for the first time, can you tell us, I guess, a little briefly why the conflict is happening? Let me begin, you know, I'll tell you sort of how all of this, this conflict will over the last sort of seven days unfolded. So uh, there's been a bit of a situation in the uh, eastern sort of neighbourhood of Sheikh Jarrah where um, there is a possible court order going through uh, for the eviction of a number of Palestinian families from that neighbourhood uh, to be replaced with Jewish settlers. Now, that has been held off now. Uh, you know, the decision hasn't gone through the High Court yet. Um, and then following that, uh, it was the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. Uh, Israel put some uh, security forces in the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is the third holiest place for Muslims. Mm. Uh, and at the same time, there was also uh, Jerusalem Day, where uh, sort of a, a march goes through Jerusalem. Basically, what happened when all of this sort of combined with it was there was a lot of boil over and Shabbat was wrong with and threatened Israel and said, if you don't remove these security forces from the mosque by 6pm, we will fire rockets on Jerusalem, and it did it. Uh, so Hamas then began firing rockets at Jerusalem and in other parts of the country. Uh, Israel then retaliated by striking Hamas targets in the Gaza Strip, and it has just progressively got worse this entire week. So that's basically where we're at. Um, it's continuing. The fighting is just not letting up. We've been, as you mentioned, on the Gaza border throughout the day. Now, we've just been uh, in Sterot, which is one of the uh, one of the closest towns there to the Gaza border. Uh, there are bomb shelters dotted all around uh, the town. Uh, and we were, uh, you know, standing outside one. We, we ended up running to shelter three times in the, the very short time we were there. We're only probably there about, I guess, an hour and a half. Um, and the residents there, they have about 10 to 15 seconds maybe even less, mm. uh, to get into these shelters. Um, we thankfully got in every time because um, we were standing right there. But, um, you know, the sound of these, these uh, rockets being intercepted above you by the Iron Dome missile defence system is incredible. Like, it, it really sounds like the, the rockets are about to, you know, get through the shelter. Mm. Mm. So the Iron Dome, which yeah. they, they talk about, mm. that is like a system that's set up to fire other rockets that block the rockets coming in. So they kind of explode before they actually get right. to the area. It's, it's basic, yeah, it's basically it's basically a missile targeting another missile. Mm. So I'm sure you guys would have seen these pictures circulating on social mm. media. If you haven't, there's a, a really great picture circulating. You'll see rockets going straight up from the ground, all in sort of one line, uh, going toward Israel. Now, on the other side, you'll see uh, these sort of squiggly lines of the Iron Dome where it's sort of launched up and it sort of then finds its target and then hits the rocket and blast it basically out of the skies. So, because yeah. I'm, and it's very hard to follow for people who don't know a lot of it, so Hamas mm. is also considered a terrorist group by That's right. the United like Israel, Nations. The US and a number of other countries. And that is, you know, what a lot of people don't understand. They think the narrative is Israel, the Palestinians, and that is not what is happening. It is Israel fighting with Hamas. That is what's happening. You know, when you're on the ground and you're running from these rockets, you know, day in, day out, like we have been, um, you know, it gives you a, a far different perspective on this conflict, which is very multi-layered. How are you feeling? Because generally the media, I mean, there are some sort of um, sacred yeah. cows when it comes to war. I mean, you don't target hospitals, yeah. you, don't, you don't tend to yeah. target the media, but they actually um, singled out Al Jazeera and, and blew up their, um, their headquarters. Uh, so they were coming after well, the media. Yeah. How are you feeling being yeah, over there at the moment? Yeah, in terms of that, how I'm feeling, um, it's 
certainly not something I'm used to coming from Brisbane. Mm. Um, yeah. But it's something you kind of get used to really quickly. Uh, I'm not sure why, but, you know, I guess when you're in the ground and you're reporting on it, that sort of, you know, those emotions sort of get put to the side and you're just trying to do your job. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's tiring, it's exhausting, but um, I'm, really, I'm really glad that I'm able to, to, to bring this story, you know, to Australians or to people in other parts of the world who aren't on the ground and who don't have the sort of, you know, um, the understanding which I'm only still learning, you know, of this, of this um, conflict here. Because I think one of the, the most devastating images I saw is of kids playing yeah. with bombs around yeah. them going and yeah. you realise how many years conflict has been happening yeah. in the region for them just to for continue. Sure. That's sure. so and devastating you know, with what they have to deal with. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the sad thing about it. You know, it would be great to see little kids and see, you know, there are so many wonderful people in this region and there's so much love in this region and there are so many amazing cultures um, and that is the sad reality is these little kids, uh, you know, they are growing up in a war zone. They've been robbed of their childhood. So that is the that is the really hard bit. And, you know, I guess you try and put that to the back when you're, you're working, you know, day in, day out. But they are the things that really hurt you in the, in the end. Well, we really appreciate you calling yeah. through this morning um, all the way there uh, from the Gaza border. Sarah Coates, you are a journalist with I24 News and a breezy girl. Great to chat this morning. Stay safe. You too, guys. And I'm here anytime you ever want to chat. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. 55-year-old Simon Charles Durante Day was uh, put up for adoption after being born in 1966, but he says he has proof that his birth parents are, in fact, the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall. If you read a headline, and we were talking about this yesterday, mm. that a Queensland man claims he's a love child of Prince Charles and Camilla Bowles, you'd go, really? Mm. How was that possible? Because they were together before Diana. They broke yes. up for Diana. Apparently they were close in the now. 60s. Mm, yeah. yeah. And it would have um, Charles would have been 17 mm-hmm. and Camilla would have been 18. Uh, he joins us now. Good morning, Simon. Good morning. How are you guys? We're great. Yeah, but now, when people hear this, they go, how is this, uh, how is this possible? But you were actually <laughs> adopted from the UK at a young age. Yeah, well, that's right. I was uh, I was born in Portsmouth somewhere. We're not sure where yet, uh, and I was adopted out to the Day family at the uh, the age of eight months. So, so that's when it all started. Now, your adoptive grandparents. You're saying that they you did they both work for the Queen, or they had some sort of connection? Yeah, no. My grandparents. Um, the story that I was told was that Granddad was the gardener, and Nana was the the cook at a royal household, that's how they met, fell in love, and then got married from there. They then moved around the UK. Grandad was in the Royal Navy, worked in submarines for a while. He was a military policeman. He then came back on shore and worked in the um, prison. This is a prison guard in Portland and in Portsmouth, and it's that that he got the Imperial Service Award for, for um, long service with, it, with, the, with the government. Mm. So you believe um, Prince, a young Prince Charles and Camilla um, had a had a passionate moment. You were born from that, and then because of your grandparents um, being linked to the royals there, um, then you were adopted out to to their family. Um, and you think that's sort of how and the the royal family said if you adopt this child, you agree to keep it keep it on the down low. 
Well, that, that's what everyone's assuming. I haven't said any of that. Um, but that's pretty much the story as it, as it would go. Yeah, I mean, as Mr. Johnson tried to identify in the ITV show, that, you know, I identified this gap many years ago back in when I first came back from my grandmother telling me in 1998. And I did the research and I looked at the time frame and I thought, well, is this possible? And there's, if you go through all the biographies, all the newspapers, and put them all together, and, and you see this date range from uh, I've seen from 1969 through to 1974. Mm. So it's the world's longest polo match that's ever been going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a bit rubbery. And then Mr. Jobson comes along and says, oh, no, that's not the case. It's 1970 and in a flat that no one can prove. Mm. So, you know, I'm not fooled by that. That's... They, they're clearly together. There's evidence of it out there much earlier. Uh, I did, they've been together, I can prove, from at least January 65. And if, if it is um, proven to be true, what is it that you're actually after? Well, I, I want peace and settlement on this. I mean, adopted people would understand that you want to know mm. where you mm. come from. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife was adopted and she got to sit down with both sets of parents and hear their side and... and put her own views across and I saw the healing that that brought to mm. not only to her but to the family mm. so uh, you know this is what I'm looking for is is mainly some healing that that, uh, that this is the truth and uh, the things have happened and and that uh, you know that's the story you mm. could be king though because you're in front of well, William. there's an argument over that uh, everyone in England will immediately defensively say you know that's not possible because <laughs> yeah because I was born out of wedlock. But yep. that's not necessarily the case. I mean, but like I keep saying, you know, let's get to step one first. That's, that's mm. hard enough yeah, fair to enough. prove without getting to step two. <laughs> oh, so is there a rule, is there, that if you're born out of wedlock, well, you can't take the throne? Well, previously, but I don't know mm. if it's changed. Because remember, there was all rules as well, that you wouldn't be able to take the throne if you well, the, were the daughter. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The, other, the other point with that is that the birth certificate that I have is just, it, it's fake. It's just doesn't. It's got a pseudonym as a mother and no name as a father. Mm. So this person that is supposedly my mother was never born. So if I haven't got a, a mother and a father, how could I have been adopted? So if I haven't been adopted, then I'm still their kid. Simon, I have to ask. Your name is Simon Charles. Is that was that on your birth certificate, or had you been renamed? Because that's quite an honour, I guess. Well, the story that I get told uh, from my adopted parents was that uh, Charles came from the birth parents, even though she denies knowing who they were, mm. um, that this was insisted upon, that I had the middle name Charles. She chose Simon because she said it couldn't be teased, but I, she, I think she missed out on that one because I've had all sorts of teased over <laughs> So is it true um, that you have a memory of meeting with Camilla? At some that, point? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, I was taken, when I was uh, back four or five, I was taken to a house. I mean, this happened a lot. I was taken to a house on top of Portsdown Hill. I was dropped off by my parents. They stayed outside in the car. And I can remember standing in, a, in well, I was actually at a coffee table playing with toys in this room. To the left of me was a couch, uh, and there was a lady sitting on the couch who would be described as, as Camilla around that time, you know, with blonde hair and a, and a light dress. And uh, there was a grandfather clock to my right, and there was a gentleman stood in front of that in naval uniform. And, mm. and I can remember the number of stripes. So, from so as a kid, that would attract you. you know? And um, it would have been 
the rank that he had would have been Philip at the time. And I can remember him saying, well, we're buggered now. That's the, the only bit of the conversation. There's other figures in the room, but they're kind of shadowy. I can't oh, sort so of you, focus on those. You think the, mm. the man in front of the clock was Prince Philip? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Right. And do you remember the conversation that she may have had with you, who you thought was Camilla? No, no, I no, can't. She, she didn't say anything. I, I can remember that point. You know? I mean, we're talking when I was quite young, but... But yeah, there was a number of places I was taken around and, and just dropped and left summer holidays. I was sent off to different places, uh, family members that weren't explained. Uh, I've tried since, uh, and I can't get anywhere with who they were or how they're related. Now, Simon, mm. the big question that people want to know, I guess, is why haven't you taken a DNA test? Like, we understand it's not as easy as going, hey, Charles Come on, Charles, come on, Charles like, give, us, there... give us a bit of spit, it's champion. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> I, mean, I went to one of the big shot lawyers down in Sydney and paid him money and said, you know, well, look, this is the story, this is the case, and says, what do I do? And they said, well, your best chance is go and nick some hair. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, well, look, that won't even stand up in court. Mm. Yeah. So, so there's two sides to this. There's the DNA genetic side, and then there's the legal side side. Right. Uh, and, and I've had advice from a number of lawyers and uh, legal academics on, on the best path to take. And, and I've been told, don't do anything until you get it in the court. And I mean, obviously, I need maternal and paternal data. It's great to show I've got a 12th cousin. I'm, you know, I could be a 12th cousin or a 7th cousin of the Queen. But that's not going to give me what I need. Yeah. Uh, you know, I need maternal and, and paternal DNA, and the only way I can get that is in court. If they don't, if they don't give it, or they, they can refuse. They have a right to refuse. And if they do, then the court will run off the evidence that I put before them, which is pretty substantial. Because right. you do look similar. <laughs> like, I don't know if I just well, want to see it, Simon, yeah. but when you put all the photos together, I was like, I could see it, but I don't know if I'm just attracted to this story of we could have and, indigenous people around uh, Indigenous people around the world see it a lot faster because they're used to looking for to familial features in the face. Mm. And, I mean, you know, non-Indigenous people got the same ability. And, and all this, well, I don't see any salarities. It's just ridiculous. I mean, the for me, the, the the moment when it finally dawned on me that, yeah, this really was true was when I saw that Mark Shand photo and, and we did the comparison with Mark Shand. I mean, if I hadn't have known what I'd known at that stage, I would have said he was my dad. Right. Mm. I mean, people I, say we're twins. You know, we're brothers. Is this your brother? I get asked for that photo. Mm. The other thing I think to that I've thought about during this is, um, obviously, if, if it is true um, that they're keeping that a secret, but was also Camilla forced into giving you up as a child because it wouldn't look good on the royal family is that a secret that you know i, I can't imagine yeah, it would have well, been an easy easy decision for her or for charles when they they obviously were in love because they've gotten back together and then they've given away their only son together if it is true I, yeah i think you pretty well nailed it there yeah i look i i i, I in my opinion Camilla's made a number of moves. I, I, I don't know if you, you guys probably bit before your time, but the Robertson jam jars used to give away uh, gollywogs on the side of the jam jars. Mm -hmm. and, and in England, when I was a kid, if you collected those gollywogs, then you could get these figures. And some of those were like the giveaways today. They were quite rare. And, and my mum turned up with these rare ones for my collection one day of the blue. And I said, where'd you get those from? And she said, oh, someone gave them to me. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of little instances like that. Like uh, we bought a, a, we had a pedigree West Highland White Terrier puppy. I mean, my parents couldn't have afforded a pedigree West Highland White Terrier at that time. So you think Camilla where, was where gifting did you stuff? Come from? Yeah. Well, years later, she, if you remember, you can look this one up on the web. She put a 
a handbag in the back of a car and left the gollywog key ring hanging off the side of the bag and everyone thought well that's a bit you know for the royals to be doing that but the mm-hmm. message wasn't for everybody else it was for me do you simon when i think a lot of people hear this they still go oh i don't know if it could possibly tr- be true do you do you mind me asking are your adoptive parents still alive I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, this whole thing, you know, before, when I came out to Australia, I just about had it with this thing, you know. I mm. couldn't get okay. any truth in it. It driven me out, so I dropped it all. It's only when I came back, to, when I came to Queensland and I met my wife and we had Simon, that that then reignited all, all the investigation. At all. So you don't speak to so, your adoptive parents anymore? No, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> okay. even know of any. I don't talk to any day family. I don't even know who's alive. I heard the other day that my sister might have passed, and, and okay. I, you know, I, I don't right. know that. Okay. Well, yeah, it's but, a it's a very interesting story, Simon, um, and we do appreciate your time this morning. Um, we've unfortunately run out of time to, to chat a bit more about it, but thank you so much for calling through. You're welcome. Thanks, guys, and have a great day, everyone, and Brizzy. You too. Simon Simon Charles uh, Durante Day. He believes he is the love child of Camilla and Prince Charles on the air of B105. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. As another show draws to a close, Stav, Abby and Matt take a moment to reflect. Do you guys ever get too lazy to update phone numbers in your phone? Like if a friend like, oh, this is my new number. And I go, I'll get around to updating it. But at the moment, it's just a, an unnamed mm. oh, phone yeah. number in my phone. Yep. So I was like, I was going to get around to it. And one of my friends had written to me online just asking about this type of bra that I was bragging about that was a deep cut one. Mm. So you could wear it with other stuff yeah, and what okay. cup size it went up to. So I decided to write back to her in a text explaining it, saying, hey, hon, I've just checked. I think it only goes up to an E cup, but it's really good. You can get it from this, this, this store. And then I just get no reply. I'm like, what? I'll go back to the previous message. It was just from a random real estate agent that was updating me on sales in the area <laughs> because I've left my phone number with so many different people. <clears throat> and you, you're like, he would have just got it and just gone, cheers. Mm. So to Daniel, who <laughs> ah. was so polite to just sort of ignore that one, thanks. But no thanks. <laughs> you know when you agree to something with your child just because in that moment it'll shut them up? Yes. Yeah. You're like, they're like, sure, whatever, we can do that. You think they won't remember, but then they do remember. Mm-hmm. So to the version of me that agreed with Eden that I would pour food colouring into her bath that night so she could play in coloured water at bath time. Was it pink? Uh, it started pink and then it got some blue in there as well. Wouldn't it stain the skin? Well, it wasn't too bad. No. After the food colouring's not too bad. It doesn't think. stick to the skin, but you know, every child in a bath splashes everywhere, mm. and then you just on the white tiles. Previous me, you are an idiot, and probably future me will be an idiot at some point too. Thanks, but no thanks. Just a wee little while ago. Abby Jane Coleman said on air that if anyone wants to go to her party, mm. they should hit up Maddie and I because we are... The party planners, as you've said. I'm not in charge of any of this. Mm. Already had four people hit me up for tickets. So I'd just like to point out to those four and anyone else who might think about getting in touch with me for tickets, Abby definitely doesn't want you to come. Why don't you run them past me and I'll say... 
Tim. Yep, want him there. <laughs> Publicly, I want every single person there. So, COVID rules, man. COVID rules, man. We're staying safe. Yeah. Have to check in on the night. You would, you couldn't put our listeners at risk, Abby. Would you do that? No, I no. could kick you out so they can come. Well, we will have our clipboards and our headsets and be running around like mad things on the night to make sure everyone has fun. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Where are the cupcakes? <laughs> We're having cupcakes. Brisbane wakes up with Stav, Abby and Matt on B105.